welcome to C3 Wellington and Hutt City. Need something fresh, real and powerful in your life? Connect with us on social media, get podcast notifications, updates on events, collective groups and a whole lot more. We're so glad you're joining us for a powerful and thought-provoking message from one of our pastors. We would love to hear how God has touched you in your life. Get in touch through our website, c3churchwellington.nz. So, sit back and enjoy this message. Alright, so this morning we're starting a new series. It's got that new series smell. There's a series called Practical. And as we've already mentioned, uh, I am uh, married to a very, very practical woman. And I'm very glad for that because, um, and I'm glad that opposites attract. Who's, who's, who's married to someone that's kind of opposite to them? Uh, aren't you glad that opposites attract? Because uh, I tell you, two of me in a relationship would be a quite a quite a crazy deal, I, I'd say. And, uh, and, and, uh, and I guess two of Bex might be a bit of a challenge too, although it'd be a very clean and tidy home, wouldn't it? And uh, the, the, the books would balance and, you know, and uh, everything would be in order. Uh, but I'm definitely by nature an idealist. Uh, by nature, I'm a dreamer and a visionary. Uh, and I'll often mention some things to Bex and she'll, uh, she's learned something with me. She's learned that when I throw out a crazy idea or a crazy scheme, she's learnt just to relax and not panic, that it'll probably just pass over. And so she's learned to just go, oh yeah, 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 and just let it kind of pass by. But it used to be she'd freak out because these dreams and these schemes and these plans were like quite idealistic and quite unrealistic and, uh, and quite impractical. And so uh, it's interesting that this morning I get to start this message series called Practical uh, and bring us around our first topic this morning. But before I get, the, get to that, let me introduce this message series because who knows that following Jesus is an inside-out transformation? Shekinah. Anyone else know that following Jesus is an inside-out transformation? Come on, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. In Christ, you're a new creation. We get a brand new start in Jesus. Brand new. That's why we have the saying, we are born again. Like a do-over. Jesus is saying, I'm going to start at a fresh for you, that's, that brand new start, come on, is on offer today. That brand new start is on offer today. And closeness is on offer. Second Corinthians 3.18 says this, We can all draw close to Him, to Jesus, with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into His very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Come on, the veil that hid us has been removed. And that is, that is talking to something that was actually physically a veil in the, in the temple, in the place of the Lord's dwelling was a temple. Back in, in Jesus' day when He walked this earth, there was a temple and behind the veil was the presence of God. You see, when Jesus Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn. The thing that separated man from the presence of God was torn. And so now we have access, full access back into the presence of God, full access back into relationship with the one who created us. Isn't that good news? The veil has been removed. We become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We become mirrors. As we come close, there is an internal transformation. We are changed 
degree by degree, transfigured from one level of glory to another. Following Jesus is an inside-out renovation. Turn to the person beside you and say, you're a DIY project. Turn to the other person and say, I am a DIY project. Come on, that's the beautiful thing. We are all DIY projects. In fact, we've got, um, we've got uh, one of our uh, Facebook message feeds is a family message feed, and it was started by Bex's brother and his wife in Canada. Now, Bex's, both of Bex's brothers are very handy guys and very uh, mechanically minded. They love cars. They love tinkering with cars. Now, Ezra and Christine in Canada decided they're going to buy this old, beat-up Toyota pickup truck and they're going to meticulously restore it. When they picked up that truck, it was dead. It had to be picked up on the back of a ute and, 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 and pulled on and then wheeled off. It didn't even go. Yet they started this painstaking work and we all get to follow the progress because they put photos up almost every day of the progress of this truck as they meticulously restore every part of the engine, every part of this car from the inside out is getting restored and that's what you have in Jesus. We start off dead, (laughs) Ephesians 2 says. Dead in our sins and our trespasses. Yet Jesus makes us alive In, in Him. He makes us alive. And he starts to go on a journey of meticulously restoring and putting back together and redeeming our lives. This is the beauty of the gospel, the good news. You don't have to stay in your sin. You don't have to stay in your addiction. You don't have to stay in your brokenness. You don't have to stay in your fear. You don't have to stay in your anxiety. Jesus died to set you free, to give you a fresh start, to transform you from the inside out. So, How do we know we are being changed? Because the evidence of internal transformation is external action. The evidence of internal transformation is external action. The Bible calls this fruitfulness or bearing fruit. The evidence a lemon tree is a lemon tree is that it produces lemons. That's how we know it's a lemon tree. Thank goodness we had a lemon tree in our last place and it didn't produce very many lemons. It was frustrating. Lemons are just one of those joys of cooking. And as followers of Jesus, we are called to bear particular kinds of fruit. And so that is the introduction to this series, Practicals. We want to get really practical at what it means to follow Jesus and what the fruit looks like in a follower of Jesus. Can I get an amen? So message one, if you're taking notes, is practical faith. Practical faith. We're going to look at faith in action. This is a pretty big topic to try and cover in one message, but I, I chose faith because I believe it's the it's the foundation, it's the groundwork to every other thing. If we want to look at generosity, we've got to look at faith. If we want to look at honor, we've got to look at faith. If we want to look at grace, we've got to look at faith. And so we're starting with faith today, and we've got three questions we're going to ask. What is faith? What does practical faith look like? And how do I get it? We ready? What is faith? Well, this is, this is the definition. Faith is the complete trust or confidence in something or someone. Faith is the complete trust or confidence in something or someone. I'll say that faith is belief in action. Belief in action. Every person lives by faith every day. And what do we put our faith in? We put our faith in food. 
I, I made a bad decision in putting my faith in KFC and Thames the day before I went for it to run a marathon in Queenstown. That was a bad decision to put faith in KFC Thames, but I did, and <laughs> and uh, and I was landed in Queenstown. I had to go straight to the pharmacy to get some uh, dysentery medication. <laughs> Thank you, KFC Thames. But we put our we put our faith in food. We put our faith in banks. Where's your money right now? Have you got it under your, under, your, under your mattress, under your pillow, or is it stored in a bank? You've just put faith in that bank, that they're, that they're going to hold your money, they're going to be trustworthy. We put our faith in apps. Who looks at a map anymore? We look on our phones, don't we? We trust that that app is going to tell us the truth, and it's going to find the quickest way, and it's going to get us from point A to point B, and ain't going to take me down some funny route. You know, and even when you're in a taxi, you can get in a taxi cab nowadays or an Uber, and you can check the route to make sure, yeah, you're on the route. You know, we can trust the app, can't we? We trust apps all the time. Talk about the bank account. How do we know how much money's in our bank? We trust that the app says what's in the bank is what's in the bank. We're trusting that app. We trust cars. We, we get into a car every day. Who drove a car here? You had faith to believe that thing would start. You had faith to believe that the tires wouldn't blow out. You had faith to believe that the indicator would work. The, the brake, you had faith to believe the brake would work, didn't you? You just had this belief that you, you had this belief and the belief led you to action, which was driving the car. And you have faith in people, especially people in other cars, <laughs> which sometimes it's hard to have faith for people in other cars. But you got faith because you drove here and you saw another car on the road and you thought, I'm not going to pull over, I'm just going to keep driving. You had faith to believe they weren't going to crash into you. Wow, you guys are full of faith and I'm full of faith too, because our action shows what we believe about some things, doesn't it? Let me tell you what faith is not, and I've seen this around church. Faith is not denial. I don't know if you've been around people that are like, they're sick, and they're like, I'm not sick. You know, I'm not sick. And faith, I'm not sick. I'm like, dude, you're sick. Like, I can see that you're sick. Like, I'm not missing a leg. You're missing a leg. I can see that you don't have a leg. I mean, faith is not denial, but faith is believing that someone even through that sickness can heal it. Faith is believing in someone, that confidence in someone and trust in something, but it's not denial. Faith is not amnesia. Faith doesn't, faith doesn't remove the memory of something. Like Faith isn't amnesia. Oh, it, did, it didn't occur. It didn't happen. No, faith is grounded in reality, but firmly grounded in the belief in someone and confidence in something. Can I get an amen? Bible defines faith this way. In Hebrews 11 verse 1, I'm going to give you two versions. The first is the ESV. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. The Passion Translation says this, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is also the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This is faith. Faith is, faith is the complete trust and confidence in God, in His character, in His authority, in His affection, and in His direction. I'll say it again. Faith is the complete trust and confidence in God, in His character, in His authority, in His affection for you, and in His direction of your life. Having complete trust in that, in Him, is faith. Hebrews 11, 6 says this, And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that He is real, and that He rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking Him. So if I want to insert our definition into this, it might read like this. 
and without complete trust and confidence in God, living within us, sorry, I'll start again, and without complete trust and confidence in God living within us, it would be impossible to please God. We come to God in complete trust and confidence in God, knowing that He is real and that He rewards the complete trust and confidence we have in Him of those who give all their passion and strength in seeking Him. Faith is complete trust and confidence in God. Question two, what does practical faith look like? What does practical faith look like? James 2 verse 17 says this, So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And this hope is confronting and challenging to all of us. Because I think we can think that faith is belief only. I've got faith in God. I believe in God. But see, James, the brother of Jesus, doesn't let us stay there. He's saying, show me your faith. I say, show me your works. I want to let me see the lemons on the lemon tree. That's what James is saying. If you're a lemon tree, show me the lemons. Because our complete trust and confidence in God will drive our action. Our complete trust and confidence in God will drive our action. Our action is the evidence of our faith. No action, no faith. Or as James says, dead faith. It's challenging. No action, no trust and confidence in God or very little trust and confidence in God. This is uh, in Hebrews 11 where we get that scripture. We just read the first one about the definition of faith and the second one about it's impossible to please God without faith. That's Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 goes on to declare or to be like this flagship chapter about faith and the people in the Bible who exhibited great faith. Let's have a listen to what was defined as faith. By faith, Abel offered up a more acceptable offering than Cain. And we'll dig into that next week. We're going to dig into generosity next week. He's excited about that. But Cain, by faith, Abel's offering was more acceptable than Cain's. By faith, Noah built a boat in a desert. (laughs) And he saved all of humanity. Peace, by the way. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called out to leave his family, to leave the comfort of his, of his life and his family, called out to another place and then promised an inheritance. By faith, Sarah received the power to conceive at age 90, 90 years old, and she received the power to conceive. And it goes on to say, For therefore from one man as good as dead, We're born the descendants as numerous as the stars from one man who is as good as dead by faith. By faith, Moses part of the Red Sea and saved the nation of Israel. By faith, Joshua led the Israelites with tambos and walking shoes around the fortified city of Jericho and those walls came down. By faith, come on, by faith, by faith, Gideon led 300 men against 100,000 men. David defeated Goliath with a sling and some pebbles. Peter walked on water by faith. One thing all those things have in common is their action. The lemons on the tree, and so we are stirring each other up this morning to look. What does practical faith look like in our lives? Our complete trust and confidence in God drives our action. 
Can we pause and reflect for a minute? What do the actions of my life say about my trust and confidence in God? What do the actions of my life say about my trust and confidence in God? Come on, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to stir faith this morning. Wants to stir up faith this morning. What does practical faith look like in my life? What does practical faith look like in your life? I've got three things I want to touch on. The first one is this, faith is risky. Faith is risky. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. Faith is like the opposite of sight. We go back to Hebrews 11, 1, it says it's the, it's the confidence in things we don't even see. We don't even see it. Faith makes us step before we know if what we're stepping on is going to hold. <laughs> when Peter stepped onto water, it's not supposed to hold you. It's simple biology. It's, it's science, people. It doesn't make sense. Tambos and walking shoes don't make sense. <laughs> Especially the tambourine. <laughs> A sling and pebbles doesn't make sense. 300 men against 100,000 men, it doesn't make sense. Faith is risky. And the reason it's risky is because faith by definition is trusting in God. And God wants to be glorified in your life. And as Bex has already said, that we are ordinary people that serve an extraordinary God and that we get to be mirrors that display the very image of that extraordinary God and that by stepping in faith and going, this is impossible for me, but by you it's not impossible, God gets glorified and you grow in trust in Him. And so the next step is quicker and bigger and it's taking you from one degree to another degree and He's growing something in you, namely a trust so that you might be able to step into the very calling, the very purpose on your life and it's building trust, it's building faith. I mentioned this uh, a week or two ago, but when we moved the, the month before we moved down here, we needed to get a rental property and and, and a job. And I, I came down uh, one weekend to try and secure both a job and a rental property. And uh, I had two job interviews. And although the job interviews went well, the last thing I did is I went to look at this property and I knew that that was the property for us. And we were paying $200 a week in Fitianga and we had to pay $580 for this house. We didn't know what we were gonna earn. We're a one uh, income family. We've, you know, and we didn't know wh how it would add up. And we knew that, that, we just felt that that was the house that God was calling us to take the step. And you see the way God orders it this way. You don't have the job yet, you've gotta take the step. You've got to take the step. And so we had to take the step of faith. And the great thing about taking that step of faith and the great thing that God ordered that way is that I get to encourage you today by that story. I get to encourage you. Now, if it had been the other way around and we got the income we knew we could afford it, it doesn't require faith. But sometimes God orders some things so that it would grow your faith, grow your trust and confidence in Him. Because trust breeds trust. If it didn't require trust, it won't develop trust. God wants to develop greater levels of trust in you, greater levels of faith in you. And as I said before, your calling requires it. He's building character. 
Point number two, faith is courageous. Faith is courageous. Psalm 23, verse 4. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me. For you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. Faith is not living in denial of your current reality. Faith is knowing that God is in your current reality. Faith is trusting in God, knowing He loves you, is with you, has all authority over every situation, and will lead you through. That's a message for someone today. Come on, trust God knowing that He loves you. He is for you. He is with you. He has all authority over everything that you face and He's leading you through. The psalmist said that I can walk through the valley of the deepest darkness and fear no evil because I'm close to you. You're right here with me. And then that relationship breeds trust. If you're right here with me and your character is good and not for evil and you and you love me and you're not going to bring anything against me, that would just, but you'll lead me through it, then we can have faith and trust in the moment even in the valley of darkness. Faith is courageous. Come on, faith gives you courage to face the valley of deepest darkness. And I can tell you something. We all walk through those valleys. You are not immune to them. If you haven't walked through despair, grief, anguish, you will not escape it. When Jesus tells the parable of the man who built his house on the rock, And when the winds and the rain and the storms came and beat against the house, it stood. It wasn't not if the winds and the rain and the storm would come. It was when they came. Faith is courageous. It builds courage in you. Let me say it another way. Trust a confidence and a trust in God will give you an anchor of courage that nothing that comes against you will shake you. As the the writer of Hebrews says, I will not be shaken. Faith is courageous. And faith breeds hope. Romans 15, 13. Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope. (laughs) I love that. God, the inspiration and fountain of hope. Fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His superabundance until you radiate with hope. When I say faith breeds hope, hope is this. It's a feeling of expectation and a desire for something to happen. It's a feeling of expectation and a desire for something to happen. When you build a build and a trust and a confidence in God, and your faith rises, your hope rises with it. God is the God of hope. Any thought that does not inspire hope is not from heaven. God is the God of hope. And then He wants to lift your faith and lift your hope. He wants you to look to the horizon of your life with excitement, with a superabundant joy. He wants you to live in a place of hope, dreaming, Believing the wildest expectations and imagining just what your life can be like with Him. 
God wants you to radiate with hope and faith breeds trust and trust breeds hope. Are you full of hope this morning, my friend? Are you full of hope this morning? And our last question, how do we get faith? What a great question. How do we get faith? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not results of works, so that no one may boast. Faith is a gift. And it's given to every follower of Jesus. You've been given faith. If you want to hit that track, man, that'd be awesome. And Romans 10, 17 in the ESV says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. But listen to this. This is the Passion Translation. Faith then is birthed in a heart that responds to God, to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. I'll read that all together. Faith then is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. See, to build faith, we must respond. We must respond. We had a situation this week where we believed in in a prayer group for a bass guitar. We prayed for a bass guitar, didn't we? And we prayed a prayer of faith, God, we believe that you provide a bass guitar for us as a church. Now, God can provide it many different ways. He might challenge, well, you buy a guitar. You know, they, he's done things like that before. He made me give a guitar away. <laughs> and so we took that prayer and we responded with action. I threw it out on Facebook. Does anyone know of a bass guitar? And just yesterday, we got given a bass guitar. Can I get an amen for that? Come on, we need to put action. We need to put response. We want to build faith. We must move. We walk by faith. We walk by faith. James 1.22 Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. Don't just listen and not respond. That's self-deception. But by faith, we respond. Come on, faith is birthed and developed in our response. God will initiate but we must respond. How, we, how do we respond? Well, we can go right back to our second verse, 2 Corinthians 3.18. We now with unveiled face as we draw close to Him. The veil's been torn. The veil's been removed. We can now come in close. As you come in close, you hear His voice. He speaks. He might say to you, hey, why don't you give that person a call? Hey, why don't you invite that person out for coffee? Hey, why don't you 
Bless that person with some groceries. Hey, why don't see I know about that bass guitar. We're praying and believing and, and, and it was easy. Put a thing on Facebook. Easy, right? You know where the faith in that was? The person that gave it. The person was obedient to God. When they saw that post, they said, you know what? I'm not playing my bass. Give it to the church. They didn't come to this church. They go to another church. Give it to them. Let's give, I want to give my bass to that church. That's faith. That's faith. Let's not be hearers of the word, but doers also. Come on, one more time. Faith is the complete trust and confidence in God, in His character, in His authority, in His affection, and in His direction. And our complete trust and confidence in God drives our action. It drives our response. 